Everybody, welcome to the Let It Fly show brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Since 1917, when I was just in high school, the proud local company has been providing many iconic and legendary restaurants, especially in the Omaha area, including the soon-to-be-opened, where our podcast studio will be, the Let It Fly Sports Bar in the Capital District, Memorial Day 2023. Next to me, of course, Josh Jones, former Creighton Blue Jay, my co-host here. How you feeling? I'm good, man. Hey, when I heard you do the intro at yeah. first, when you, when you say how something in the 1900s, 1917, these news, I'm, I'm old considered to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm old. I'm between two really young guys and one really young. One. We have a loaded show. We're, of course, at Hill Varsity Club, as we always are, broadcasting the show. We're joined by the big man, Creighton, uh, Ryan Kochbrenner, joining us here on Let It Fly Show. How you doing, man? Doing great. You are in a weird situation. So My name is Michael, and... Everybody's named Michael. There's so many Michaels, yeah. right? Ryan's not that. It's kind of rare. You, yeah. you walk onto a team, you got three Ryans on the same team. That had to be a little weird. It was definitely a little weird because I don't think even in grade school and high school, I think I had like one classmate that was Ryan, yeah. and then I get on a team where two players and a coach are named Ryan. Right. That's crazy. How man. do you all distinguish as far as like who's who? Who I was like last Ryan? year? Um, last year, Hawkins was Hawks. So oh, was yeah, really for easy. sure, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. then Nemhard is either Nemhard or R2, and I got to keep Ryan. There you go. Okay, yeah. what, is, what, is, what is the R2 thing? Because I'm a Star Wars guy. You he looks nothing R2 like D2? R2. <laughs> You're crazy. What is R2? It's, I don't know. <laughs> Does he have, like, two first? Is it R and another first you middle name me, R2? Like I, I think someone just called him that just last called him year, R2. and okay. it stuck. I feel it. That would make you R3. Yeah. <laughs> hey, or or it could be like you got like Big Mike, Little Mike, all that type of stuff. You know, I don't well, know. Maybe he's a second because you bigger or something. Pause. Yeah, I think. I, <laughs> pause. Well, he's 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 big fella. Yeah, he's got pause. a nickname as simply like that's a big fella. Big like, that's fella. a good nickname. Yeah. Yeah, I had that all the way through high school, so that sticks around a no, little for bit. Sure. Yeah. When did you uh, first have your first real growth spurt? How I didn't you? have one. I just really steady grower, always tallest in my class. You know. Three, four inches every year, just grow and grow and grow. Oh, yeah, yeah so it wasn't a story of like, ah, oh, man, I was 5'10. I was handling seven, it. Yeah, then all of a sudden <laughs> no. I'm seven feet. No, I was like 6'2 in eighth grade, then like 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six in freshman Dang. year, and then 6'8, 6'10, 7 foot How were you first dunked? How old were you? That's a good question. Please. Oh, I couldn't jump. I was unathletic. Well, you were 6'5, oh, though. It was like freshman year. <laughs> At least you kept it real, right? Like this. <laughs> yeah, right. That's awesome. Uh, so let's, let's talk about your recruiting process. You're a top 100 guy. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of interest. They're always looking for big men. They're hard to find. What was your recruiting process like? Uh, it definitely kind of I mean like going into freshman year I don't like no one knew me even like sophomore year it kind of picked up a little late so it kind of came on a lot at once but uh I mean it was it was just a lot to handle at first but it ended up being really cool I got to go see some really cool places and then my top three ended up being uh Creighton Stanford and Purdue which are all really good oh choices. so you smart yeah <laughs> a little bit every time yeah. you hear like that guy must be smart yeah what was it about uh Creighton that made you say oh okay this is it just basically the family environment like yeah. i didn't get the sense like obviously people are going to care about you no matter where you go but Word. like here it felt yeah. different like okay yeah. all the way down from like mac to whoever on the coaching staff is going to care about you and yeah. try to take care of you what do you think about uh i mean as a former player one of my greatest memories and moments is running out that tunnel what what about you when it comes to the to blue jay nation and playing in front of eighteen thousand and stuff like that um i mean from that standpoint like just how loud it gets during the games. I remember last year, yeah. like, 
Uh, one that comes to mind is just the Marquette game that came down to the last mm. few that plays. That was loud. Like, uh, loud. Like, yeah. Really loud. So that's going to always, I'm always going to remember that. Yeah, for sure. It got rocking in there. Yeah. Ryan Cockburner joining us here on the Let It Fly show. Josh Jones, Michael Severe. We're here, of course, at Hale Varsity Club. So you're making that decision and you go to the different campuses. Mm-hmm. What always, what I thought would be cool as a student athlete, is everything's right there. Like your dorm yeah. could be here. You could roll in the gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. School's right there. That, that seems like a pretty cool. Was that one of your deciding factors of how the proximity of everything was to everything? I wouldn't say it was like a huge, huge thing, but mm-hmm. it's definitely so nice to like my dorm is Opus Hall. So it's across the street from our from practice, practice. Yeah, facility. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And I know some people talk about winning. To have an apartment and live off campus, I'm like, no, no I want yeah. to be across the street. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's convenient. Go. Yeah, so I was definitely a big plus, but, I mean, there was a lot of things that went into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so what about, like, okay, you're a junior now. What what you majoring in? What, uh, what's your studies like? Um, I'm going to major in, in management and entrepreneurship and <laughs> minor in bio, and I'm going to be done this year. He's, He's smart. smart. Look, smart. He do, you'll be done this up. year. Yeah, I'll be able to graduate this year, and I can, if I come back, do a master's program hey, or something now like the that. transfer wow. portal is huge. Don't be one of those guys. He's not no, going to All right, man. I love it too much here okay. to go anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so what did you miss most about home when you finally – did you travel a lot as a kid, or were you pretty much in St. Louis, or what was it like for your childhood? Uh, we didn't travel too, too much. We did, like, a family vacation okay. every year where we didn't go too far. We went to – uh, national parks a lot yeah yeah but uh i really didn't a lot of the places i got to go were through basketball like la the only time i've been is for basketball i went to chicago a lot for basketball new york and so stuff like that so i really didn't get to travel that much but i mean creighton's close enough to home to where you can you can go back yeah. six hour drive it's did not you get bad. homesick not I know really. you, I know you didn't miss any of the food. Cause there's any good food in St. Louis. I know that wasn't oh, something you missed. Oh, no, we got great food in St. Louis. I didn't miss not that. that pizza. That pizza, boy. Ooh, that's, that's funny. not. That's I don't know what they did with the cheese. It's like you some know, weird cheese combination. He liked no, it. No, the <laughs> emos. The emos is where it's at. Oh my goodness. They, the fact that they call that pizza in real life hurts my feelings. So you were you were cool. So you left home. You were good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I missed home from time to time. I don't think I ever really got homesick. I nice. think probably the same amount as any other college kid did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, let's talk a little basketball, man. Yeah. You know, obviously that's what the, the sports fans want to hear, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the place you guys are in now, you know, you're a game over um, 500 right now in conference. Mm-hmm. Um, you were preseason ranked very high, BPI, and also from what I've seen in practice and knowing you guys, like you guys to me are really uh, everything that you were hyped to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question is, for where you're at now, like, kind of talk about it. Like, from where you were supposed to be on the hype to where the team is now. What do you think? What's your take? I mean, I think still with the team we have, I still have, like, all the confidence in the world that we can still get to where we wanted to go and where we thought we could go at the beginning of the year. But, like, it just – season hasn't gone as smoothly as you'd like it to. I mean – uh, even going from like going to Maui and coming back to travel with that is no joke to turn around and then play another mm-hmm. game. And then I got sick for a few games. And then, you know, you just hit bumps in the road sometimes. You got to be able to recover from it. And I feel like we're we're getting there. We're on the right track to really get hot down the stretch and really still get to where we thought we could go at the beginning of the year. It's one thing to lose when you're playing, but you're sitting on a bench you can't play. Mm-hmm. Standing there watching everybody practice, what was it like being away for those four games? Uh Three, games, four games. three, uh, three or four. Three. I know they're definitely the two in Vegas, yeah. Right. Yeah, two in Vegas and Marquette. So, yeah, three. So, three games. Oh, guys. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it definitely, you know, as a player, you never want to be on the bench, so it sucked mm-hmm. from that standpoint. But from, like, sitting on the sideline, you get a really different perspective on mm-hmm. things, and you see, like, 
okay, this team, this is where we're lacking right now. This is how I can help the team in ways that I'm not already like yeah. helping. Like just being, what I saw is I need to be more vocal, be more of a leader. So I, I think I've done a little bit better job of that since I got back. I'll, t- yeah. I'll tell you yeah. if you wasn't, bro. Yeah. And yeah. it helped Fred yeah, too, yeah. right? I mean, having you a chance to yeah. Yeah. You, see, you can see him evolve when yeah. you're gone. He got a great chance. He's going to be so oh so good. But Super he's athletic, bro. He's yeah. so yeah. such a raw talent right yeah. now. He just needs time to grow. But he's going to be so so good. And he listens and tries to learn every day. So yeah. that was a great opportunity for him. But you know, it's just a good perspective change for mm-hmm. me to be able to see things and try to better myself from you know a leadership standpoint. Nice. Yeah. What what so what did you learn about your team during that that losing streak that you guys went on? Like when I say learn, uh, I mean like. From an identity standpoint, I know there was a lot of, you know, uh, you just hear sports fans talking. I don't know how you guys are as players. Do you, like, listen to comments? I mean, we're in the uh, social media era. You can easily look on Instagram and mm-hmm. all. But I guess there was a connotation of some people saying, oh, too many threes. Some people saying not tough. Our personal take was, you know, keep shooting and things like that. But, like, you guys need that nucleus and stick together and be more tough together. You know, that was kind of our take on it. Yep. What's your take on what you learned about the losing streak? I think you were kind of talked about already just staying together. I think that kind of proved a lot to us, even like through the six game losing streak. Like yeah. we didn't we didn't grow apart. We didn't start doing our own things. We if anything, we became more focused on the right way to do it and like the right process because. We probably got away from it a little bit during the losing streak, but I think we learned from that and like came closer together, and that's kind of helping us now because we kind of we wouldn't have known that otherwise we go through that losing streak. Yeah. So now we're coming closer together. I think that's going to help us take the turn to really be the team we thought we could be. So yeah, for sure. And Ryan yeah. Cockburner joining us here on Let It Fly Show. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I um I think that is great that you say that because um like. If you look at the talent that y'all got on your roster, the record don't matter when it when it comes to tournament time for the Big East tournament and for the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, um, I think for me, I think um, I think you guys as a starting five do a really great job of uh, you know carrying the load, knowing your roles that you guys got to produce offensively a lot and get you guys going defensively or whatever. From a reserve perspective, uh, what's I, what do you think about the people out there who say, hey, Creighton doesn't have a bench or the bench is not doing enough? What's your take on that? I think I got a lot more confidence in my bench guys than people out in social media or whatever. Right. I mean, you start with Sharif, who played four years of college basketball yeah. and is a dog on defense. He can come in and give us good minutes. Francisco's been coming in and give us good minutes. He just... You know what you're going to get with him. He's very consistent. Yep. Mm-hmm. We already talked a little bit about Fred and yep. how he's grown and grown. He's yep. only going to get better. And then I think Mason's kind of in the same boat as Fred. I mean, he's redshirt freshman, so this is the first year of playing games. Yeah, he's, right. just, he's just trying to get, yeah. get used to things. I mean, he hasn't played in front of 18,000 people before. Yeah, right. And you can see, like, slowly getting there. And getting I think by the end of the year, he'll be able to really make a difference that yeah. people weren't seeing at the beginning of the year. Y'all got a guy on – they got a guy on 18. Ben Schultzberg. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, he looks like he's working man. out <laughs> with those pros back in L.A. or something. Some of the 
some of the stuff and the work he be doing in practice. He's he's one that he's one of my favorite because he yes. reminds me of myself. <laughs> yes. If you want to say it. <laughs> no, he's gonna be so good. He's one of my favorites on the team. Man. Yeah, like, just, yeah. He's a freshman, so it's hard for him to do stuff now. But like you see for the sure. stuff he does in practice, he's gonna be a really really good player on a really really good team one yeah. day. Like he's gonna be able to be the guy on a really good team someday. So yep. I'm really excited for him because he works hard, listens. Mm. It's yep. everything you can want from someone. Yep. What was it like to do to USA basketball? What would you take away from that? Oh, that was talking about travel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the only time ever out of the country. Yeah. So that was a really cool experience. But I think that helped my just confidence a lot. Uh, that was a big thing going from freshman to sophomore year, and even like going into sophomore year wasn't where it was at by the end of the year. But just to be able to say like, I went to USA basketball, got invited, which right. in that of itself, I was like, I never thought I'd do that. That's and then crazy, I made the cut, which was like, I didn't think I'd ever be able to do that. So they believe in me. I must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah. you're playing with NBA players too, guys. Yeah. Who are going to be NBA players? Guys who are already in the yeah. NBA. Right, right. Yeah. Or are, will be. And it's just, it was like, okay, I'm here. I'm with them. I played. I thought I played pretty well. Decent over there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I can do this. Is it kind of like, does it kind of make you uh, not think forward? You know, like anytime you get an opportunity to play on that big of a scale, it makes you start thinking about the NBA and all that type of stuff. It's or nice do you too. humble yourself and stay? How do, like, how do you handle that? Uh, I think, like I said, it definitely makes you think that you can do that, but right. you got to be able to produce in college and produce in other games too before you can be like, okay, like this is super realistic for yeah. me. But it definitely puts that like thought in your head like okay i'm on the right path i just gotta keep doing what i'm doing and i can get to where i want to be right. yeah most important question you're gonna get asked all day in their prime who's a better ball player your mom or your dad <laughs> my dad never played basketball <laughs> no. my mom <laughs> could played hoop, basketball yeah. in st louis so she yeah. she can hoop and it was always funny like when we were like little kids that yeah. had like the mom shoot free throws at halftime or mm-hmm. whatever and all the other moms would go up there go over oh, 10. Yeah, right. My mom's up there going splash, splash, yeah, one splash. for one, two for two. Yeah. yeah, for sure, yeah. And speaking of, like, the competitiveness, this is something that I got to ask. Amada Sonogo, UConn. There you go. You know, you know I'm going to ask Yeah, you. no, you got to ask the question. I mean, so, uh, obviously, um, you know, there were several people who watched the uh, podcast that you did with my former teammate, Jahans Menegar, back in the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, for my take, you were just speaking about um, – you know, just your confidence and the work that you put in and what you did last year with yourself. Yeah. Obviously, um, he took heed to that and uh, took it personal from what is understood against the t- last time y'all played. How do you feel about that? Is is it one of those things where, like, that that game, that is, that, is this like a competitive matchup now between you and him, would you say? Or how do you handle or take that? I mean, I definitely think it's a competitive matchup, but that – Anytime you got someone who's picked to be player in the year and someone who thinks they should be in the conversation, that's going to be a high-level matchup no yeah. matter what. So I just – I like games like that. Yeah. I think it obviously didn't go my way the last one, but I'm looking forward to the next yeah, you one. Yeah, you bro. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Looking forward to playing them in the Big East tournament if we see them in the Big East tournament. So I just, just want to get back out there and play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you play against some – I mean, even Derek Walker for Nebraska. That's right. a big. That's a grown man. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his own business. I mean, right. he's he's not. He's driving trucks, yeah, right? See, yeah, he's so, I mean, CDLs and yeah, go back yeah, and play. Exactly. <laughs> you got you going against guys like that. It, it, you're still developing as well, too. Your physicality wise, you think? 
Uh, yeah, I still, I'm still developing that way. Obviously, like, I don't think that'll ever stop for me just because sure. I'm just not naturally big. I just have to keep working on it. Got to eat a lot. Yeah, I do. I, I eat bet. a lot, I bet. Yeah. a yeah. lot. It didn't help earlier in the year when I got sick. It yeah. just lost a few pounds. You know, just wasn't able to play with the conditioning I'm normally able to play with. But yeah. now that we're back on track, I can like start to feel my physicality coming back, nice. and it just keeps getting better and better each game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's good to know, man. Question I, I, I wonder about because we watch enough of Creighton. Like, yeah, I can see the you roll into the rim coming and lob to dunk. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the other team has they're watching tape. <laughs> Are you ever surprised how, how much it works? I mean, they know it's coming. They see it. Um, yeah, I'm surprised how much it works. There, especially, like, some games. I think Georgetown last year I had, like, seven rolls yes. and dunks. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, are they going to change something <laughs> yeah, right. here? Like, no. or is this going to stop They're committed. working? It could just be you, bro. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I've definitely noticed this year, like, teams are, like, putting way more of a concerted effort into taking it away. Like, yeah. I don't think I noticed at all last year where our guard could just get all the way to the rim, where, mm-hmm. like, this year they're so worried about the flip-up that the big is just staying on me and our guard is just going all the way to the rim. Right. Which didn't happen as much last year. Right. And that's credited to you, kind of. That's why I commend Coach Mack and the staff so much because – you doing your role and mm-hmm. your job so well opens things up for your teammates. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really fun to watch, man. Now, R2 I, needs to make that shot. Yeah. That's uh, what he's at. He got finished. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I just the thing about that is if you roll hard, like, you yeah. got to make the team, the other team take away something. So yeah. something's going to be open. I might not touch the ball, but we're yeah. getting the shot. Exactly. No, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. What do you take more joy in, that dunk or blocking a shot? At blocking a shot. Yeah, yeah. I've always been a defensive player. I haven't really been able to score until last year or two. So, like, yeah, yeah. blocking shots always been what I've been able to do. You haven't been able to game. score? Like, I I, well, I've, how, how were you in high school, like, in terms of getting buckets? Uh, not good. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I still had, like, the finish around the rim. Like, I'd sure. make a lay, I'd make a dunk. But I wasn't, like, the go-to scorer on the team. Yeah. Even like when I played AAU, I played with Matt Irvin Fire. I wasn't yeah. shooting the oh, ball. Yeah, that's true. yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. I, I loved playing for them, but I wasn't yeah. shooting the ball. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Does the coaches, um, I, and I know you're a junior in your collegiate career, but you're just so fresh and new in your actual basketball career. Mm-hmm. Does the coaches talk to you a lot about your ceiling and how the future can be for you if you do X certain things now? Do they talk about that a lot? Uh, they talk about my ceiling like a little bit, like. Yeah. You know, just keep working on things. I don't think there's much that I think, like, if as long as I work on it, I think I can get better at pretty much everything I yeah. need to be good at. So that part's just exciting. I think coaches are excited when they see me working and get better. At yeah. That. So that's all good there. Yeah. It looked like you came in with a crew. Did you come in with a crew? Yeah, who, I got who, Who's with you? I got uh, Xander, a teammate. Mm-hmm. Chris, he's the videographer. The videographer, yeah. yeah. That's a pretty nice tripod he's got there. Look at that hey, thing. Hey, they got to start tagging <laughs> oh, you really on good. IG good. Looks and that. Facebook really for everything you do. That yes. looks really good. You don't get they enough love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Chris, who is our non-athlete friend, who I don't know how he ended up on our friend group. <laughs> he got in the group, yeah. But he's there. We yeah. got... Uh, he must buy drinks. <laughs> nah. We got Ben's back there. My oh, guy. okay. Um, Schultzberg. Yeah, Ben Sosberg, Keani Lockett, and Lexi Unruh on the women's team. Nice. And my girlfriend, Rachel Saunders, who's also on the women's all team. All right, they all get plugs on the podcast. I feel you, bro. <laughs> yep. is, she, is she leading score right now? Rachel? She, yeah. Uh, I don't think she's leading score. I think that's Morgan Molly. Morgan she Molly. was, but and she, she fell like 2% behind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we had Molly on um, 
That was what two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, she was good, man. She was. Yeah, she was a really yeah. good guest, and you could tell she talks on the court a lot because yeah. she had that raspy voice. Like, <laughs> and I know Coach is always talking about you guys need to talk more. Yeah, that was yeah. a big point of emphasis through the summer because we lost Hawk, who was not, yeah. never oh, not talking. Yeah. yeah, hey, yeah. I'm uh, honestly the games that you guys lose, I think of him and how he would be <laughs> on y'all in those moments, man. There's definitely sometimes he saved us last year because he was talking. talking yeah, talking. for sure. Yeah. All right, last before you go. Goals for this year? What did you set for yourself? Where are you now in terms of those? I just wanted to win a lot of games this year. That's it. And we kind of hit a slump at the beginning of this year, but I still think we can win all the games that I really wanted to win, which are in March. Yep. Nice, nice. Ryan, we appreciate it, man. My man. man. Thank, thank you very you, much. You I appreciate guys. it. For real. Yeah, good to That's see you. Long, big-handed, big-foot dude, man. I'm just like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Big fella. Big fella. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Ryan, and he got some muscles, too. I hit his arm. And yeah, I was man. like, well, I hurt myself. Look at that. I hurt myself <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you, you look at the way they're playing. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about this. Is that, you know, you have a six-game losing streak, and then you have a win streak, and you have a losing streak. And then you lose two in a row, and you come back, and you win two in a row. I thought the physicality of which they played against Providence and then how they came out against Butler, and you could tell they'd played a physical game against a physical team because Butler tried to do that pushing around stuff. Right. And they were like, nah. Yeah. Nah, you don't have that with us. No, nah, you're right. You could I, tell. I mean, the, uh, the, the, what's happening right now, after you go through all the adversity that you go through if you're Creighton mm -hmm. and you're trying to move forward and trying to stay on track to your goals, you start to, have, you start to figure out different uh, sides of your actual identity. Mm -hmm. They are physically tough now. Mm -hmm. And they're competing in t and they're competing in the scenarios, not versus sticking to the identity of what the culture is supposed to be. Shooters do need shots, yeah, but they're bringing out other aspects of the game. They're shoot they're shooting fewer threes, yeah. the last couple of games. And I mean, I, I I wouldn't complain about that because you you have the opportunity to get to the rack. You someone with, with our team yeah, right. where you can get to the rack. Yeah, um, got King coming off the bench getting points. Yeah, Bello coming off the bench getting points. And you mentioned the starters are averaging like 34, 35 right. minutes a game. Exactly, and they're getting there. I think. What, what was it? Uh, he had six players to score at least eight points right. against uh, against uh, Butler. That's that's balanced scoring. No, exactly. And one of the things that I put in a note here is mm. it's clear about needing Kalkbrenner. Oh, you yeah. know, I was kind of like doing some research back from when he was out versus to now. Mm -hmm. And since he's been back over seven games, Creighton has the third best offense and the second best defense in the Big East right mm. now. And that's with the record that they have. Yeah. You know, and uh, they got three home games coming up. We yep. kind of talked about it. I don't know how I was confused about the next game, which yeah. is St. John's, John's at home. Yep. But Creighton got three home games and run home, one home game against the league's last place team in Georgetown. They have a chance to go on the run. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They got a chance to go yep. on the run. And for me, like, I'm not looking past any team, but the, the biggest challenge that they got is Xavier the second time around. Oh, yeah, and they owe Xavier, obviously. They, yeah. You know, they owe them. Yeah, and, for sure. And you, it's weird because any given night, Right. And I know we say this all the time. Any given night in the Big East, outside of Georgetown, yeah. anybody can be beat. Yes. You, you look what happened the other night. St. John's goes into UConn, yep. a place where they don't lose. They go in and they beat them by 11. Man. Took care of them. Yeah. And it, then St. Yeah. John's wasn't playing like that. Right. Nobody saw that coming. Right. Trust me, a lot of people had UConn in some money line yeah. parlays. That did not work out. It was not right. me. I was not the person. <laughs> but, that, but that's the thing around the, the culture around the country, though. Yeah. Like, that is true. Yeah, it's cross-country. Like, yeah. like, who is the clear number one? Like, you yeah. kind of know what teams are, like, top-heavy in the conference and all, but everybody's beatable. That's right. And that's, that's true. across the country. And for me, yeah. like, when it comes to Creighton, another thing I put was, as far as identity now, like, we established that the starters, like, they hold the weight of offense and they set the tone yeah. uh, defensively. The bench, when they come in, they literally got to lock in to do two things. That's help rebound and play well defense and hit open shots. If they can just hold it down, the offensive starters don't have to work as hard 
to, you know, keep that momentum as they try to win the game. And you know what the future of the program could be if Ryan and Rachel stay together. I mean, think about that. I mean, <laughs> some kids, they could supply some oh, athletes man, for yeah. both Coach Flan and Coach Maggie. They're still around. I mean, that's a long way down the road, right. but still, they certainly could happen. I, I look at that <laughs> schedule coming up, and I'm serious, man. Hey, I, the years ago I said, if Nebraska football wants to come back, these former players need to start yeah, making some sure. babies. No, yeah, and you yeah, look yeah, at yeah, them, sure. and look at the way yeah. you've got four or five yeah. Of those no, kids yeah. whose parents played there yeah. that are coming up, or were yeah. an athlete in no, school. Right about Look at Jalen yeah. Lloyd's mom, no, you're right. incredible you're right. athlete. You're right. So start. I mean, Damon Benning's kid. Right. You know, what I mean, exactly. Stop making some babies, man. That's how you. <laughs> that's how you get better. But I, I, same as you did. I looked at that schedule, yeah. and I thought to myself, yeah. they could win seven of nine, right? Just kind of off the top of my head and right. go on a run here. And then if you look up after winning seven of nine, people are like, okay, that's what it should have been. Yeah, and you'd forget about what exactly. happened. Now on the other hand. They go five and five over the next ten. Yeah. Then you the question marks are going to stay. There. Right. And the reason why I got to stay like that is because you look at the last two games, Butler and Providence. Yep. They didn't hit threes. No, I, I mean sixteen and twenty-one attempts. That's not even a lot of attempts for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, it's like they have to find other ways to win. Mm -hmm. And if you can keep up that momentum, and mm -hmm. I like to call it the bench mob. That's what, you know I was sure. the sixth man for yeah. my for my team. If the bench mob do their job, the starters are going to ball. Yeah. You know, like they're so balanced. I think Creighton has a, actually has a chance to end up the way they started. Yeah. So you don't see this. I was like, the, belt, the Butler game, I mentioned, six players that scored eight or more. Yep. Then on the next game, you have three players that scored 60 of your 73. Wow. That just doesn't happen that no, way. No, it really doesn't. You bro. went from being incredibly balanced to being top heavy. But your three best players each got over, was it? Yeah, 21, 20, and 19. Exactly. And that's what you'd expect from Shireman and Alexander and, and Cockburner. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last night, good win for Nebraska. Ohio State's struggling. We know that. Yeah. Um, now they've lost five in a row. But I was talking to uh, one of the producers, I was talking to Pat about this. Yeah. Too many times watching Nebraska basketball, they've been in a situation like they were late against Ohio State, and they've given it away. Yeah. Either they missed the free throw or they just turned the ball over. They couldn't score. Did enough down the stretch. Hold off Ohio State. Now, Ohio State didn't do a very good job of who to foul or fouling down the stretch. That's fine. Right. But you win 63-60, that's a solid win. Yeah. I don't care how much Ohio State's struggling. That's a game in the past that Nebraska would have lost. 100%. And, and for me, like, is it – let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah. Is it okay to say that – a technical foul is good for the strength of your team. I think that was great. <laughs> because, first of all, that offensive foul they called, yeah. the moving screen, yeah, he didn't touch call, him. Bro. It was a bad call, bro. And Fred Hoiberg yeah. is not that he guy. It. He is not that yeah. guy. Even even when he got mad, yeah. he still didn't look all that no, mad. exactly. Yeah. Like he's trying to fake it. But, yeah. no, you, sometimes you need to get a no, team. 100%. We've all had coaches yeah. that one time or another just went out there, give me one. Right. Give me one. Yeah. I need to get this. And it was. It was perfect. Exactly. And then they missed both free throws, yeah. both uh, technical shots. Exactly. So that fires your team up even more. I thought it was weird how, uh, what was it, uh, like 10 minutes and the score was like 10 points or yep. something like that? Yep. First yep. half was so rocky and choppy. I understand if that was Coach Hoiberg's strategy to get something going. Yeah. Well, but you had Derek Walker goes and gets into foul trouble. Yeah, he was on he the gets, bench. He at gets the time. his fourth foul, yeah. 11 33 mark, right. and he fouls out in the game. That's another thing that says to you if that happens, they lose. Right. And they still man. And then I know you play with a lot of good athletes. I know you have. But I watched Denim from in high school. Yep. Denim Dawson jump out the building, literally, <laughs> over there at Iowa Fieldhouse. Kids got calves like the size of this damn table. Yeah. And he is so athletic. Yeah. He made those two scoop plays. Yeah. Had a block shot, nine yep. rebounds. Yeah. I mean, I, he's going to be really good. But right now, he's just an athlete. Yeah. Learn how to play the game. Yeah. I, I, I That's honestly, a good pickup for them. I, I honestly think that Nebraska is one of those teams where, like, they're scrapping and clawing. It's like that's like their identity. 
You yeah. know, like they, they first of all, you can tell that they play hard for their coach. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So that's very commendable. Yeah. But they win the best way that they can. And with a night like last night, if they keep getting hot like that when yeah. it matters, they're going to upset more teams. So the Except next, for Ohio State, they was on five. <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're, they're struggling right yeah, now. Yeah, they're on five. Um, you, you look at Willem Breidenbach. Yeah. This was his line last night. 16 minutes, three points, no boards, and four <laughs> fouls. Where I'm from, he would have had to buy some drinks. He yeah. had to do something with that line. Right. He, he hit him. He made it two. He made the front of a one and one. Yeah. Four fouls, no boards. Hey, it, I'm going to be You're honest. a big man. Derek Walker's in foul trouble. Yeah. You're in the game. You're not getting boards. Man, maybe it was just the, how tight the game was. That uh, first half, I think the first halftime score was like 22, 20 something, yeah. or something like well, that. Well, Nebraska didn't score the last three minutes of the man. first half, yeah. and we're down one at halftime. Yeah. Like, it, maybe it was just yeah. one of them games. I'm going to blame it on. Maybe. But you, it but could you, be. Can, it you could can't be. have a stat line and no boards, though. Especially no, you can't. No the, boards. With, Not when you're six the, foot eight or whatever exactly, you're supposed to be. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I don't. Hey, I, it's it's something. Uh, back in back in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's my man St- Scotty Harris. Uh, he used to work with me at the Salvation Army. He had this phrase, man. It was called TFN. Okay. Tall for nothing. Tall for nothing. <laughs> you don't want to go out like that. <laughs> Tall for nothing. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in the paint, though, Nebraska, despite Reidenbach not doing much, right. 32 to 16 in the yeah. paint. Nebraska took care of business. A lot of that was driving yep. and making shots as well. And then those two threes by uh, Tominga and uh, Grizel. Yep. Well, Tominga had those two drives to the basket yeah. where the nice cutters. Those yeah. are nice. Right. Uh, he finishes with his left hand, which yeah. sometimes can be hard to get to. Right. Uh, we were mentioning what schedules look like going forward. Yep. And I said I could see maybe Creighton winning seven of the next nine. Yep. There are five, legitimately five wins. Now, Nebraska just reached their win total for last year, win. last night. Right. They got ten wins. Yep. You look at their schedule – Legitimately, I think I see five more wins. Five more. Am I crazy? Yeah. That'd be more than people thought. Let's talk about it. Let's, so let's, you got let's coming see. up, um, Nebraska plays on their schedule. I'm going to schedule. Okay, here we go. So they got um, they got at Penn State. Yeah. They can win that. They can win that. Yeah. Then they play Northwestern, a team that's struggling. Yeah. At Maryland, who's playing right now against leading Michigan by four at home. Right. That's at Maryland. It's a tough place to play in the field house. And then at Illinois, a team that beat Nebraska. Yeah. Beat them badly. 76 to 50. Right. Coming off of a good win against Minnesota, Nebraska plays Illinois at home and comes out lifeless. Yeah. So they have a chance to get revenge on that one. Right. And then they get Penn State again. So, I mean, that, every I, game they, is a battle. Chances. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, no shade to my man, uh, Kalkbrenner, but yeah. Nebraska can steal some games. Oh, yeah. That's There's what no I'm trying to say. They can. They can steal some games. 100%. And, and that's what they need to do. Uh, Nebraska football taking advantage of the uh, transfer portal. Now 10 guys 10. from the portal. The last happened today. Right. Earlier today, uh, we're taping on a Thursday. Uh, uh, Eric Gilbert, who yep. started his career at LSU, who I watched a lot of at LSU. Five-star kid, talented tight end. Was kind of a tweener. I don't know. Wasn't sure if he was going to be a wide receiver yeah. or a tight end. Had some troubles in class, whatever. Decides he's going to go in the portal. Goes to Georgia, a team loaded with tight end depth. Yep. Doesn't really play there. Has some emotional problems there. His head coach says, "We got to get him right, both in class and out." Now you know you're struggling when your head coach, when Kirby Smart says right. that. And then he leaves there, and now he's at Nebraska. Right. I know you know a lot of guys that went to Nebraska. They have a really good academic support system. They do. They have a good life skills program. Yep. Maybe they can keep him right so his talent can, his five-star talent can come out on the court. It's a give-and-take thing. I mean, I'm just assuming 
he chose Nebraska for the fact of what they offer. I hope so. From a mentorship standpoint. Yeah. I say that uh, because of Xavier Betts. Yes, back you know? now, yep. And we'll definitely talk about him down yep. the line. Yep. But Nebraska has a mentorship program and all the resources to get these young men the help that they need. Yep. But also, it's primetime football. You know, when it comes to an opportunity, uh, playing under Coach Rule, I'm just trying to be optimistic. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to go with the 51st days thing every game they play. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying there's an opportunity here where Nebraska can, like, create a new culture. It's not even about getting back to where they were. With, with guys like him who come in the transfer portal, yeah. you got a top talent. You put him around the, the right mentors, you got a ball game. This is, is the kid that gets off the bus first, yes. right? You go on a road trip, and six foot five, 250 gets off the bus, yep. and you're like, that's our guy, right? Exactly. That's our tight end. Now, if he comes in and plays like he played his freshman year at LSU and contributes in a, in a, in a position that's had lost two of the starters right. from last year yep. and you have a, a guy who's been injured with Fedoni, if he comes in here and plays up to his skills level, he could be really good. I just hope he understands that he's got to come back and he's got to win over everybody. Yeah. He's got to win. Because no, 100%. Because there's a reputation of you went to LSU and left, yeah. went to Georgia, played none, and now you're coming in. Exactly. And by the way, he may not – he has to get an appeal to be able to play this year. This year, right. And he may get it because he only played really two games yeah. at Georgia. Right. Um, so maybe he gets it, but he's got to earn that. He's got to earn that respect so, back from So players, from too. your perspective about Nebraska, mm-hmm. is this a – is this a – uh, building culture we're, we're, we're doing, or is this a we want to win now, swing away right, right I, now? I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. I think if you look at what they've done in the transfer portal, and we'll go over the wide receivers and what that room's going to look like compared to what it ended last year. Right. But you see them going out and getting a couple guys who could play quarterback. Yep. Going out and getting some guys who caught a bunch of balls at one point. Going out and trying to get offensive line fixed. Now, it would have been nice if the, the kid who just said he was going to come here from Stanford actually came here instead yeah. of going to Oklahoma. Yeah. But – they have went out and they got some guys for the offensive line. Uh, they went and got a couple pass rushers. But they also got young guys, too, that are still committing from the high schools. And they're trying to do both. They're trying yeah. to say we want to win in four years, but at the same time, we got to win more than four games next year. You're right. That's what it's about. Got to do that. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, yeah. but I still have this theory uh, of uh, or this conspiracy okay. of Ray uh, Rayola's nephew. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan. Yeah. Coming to Nebraska. It's certainly a possibility. I now, just think it's going to happen. I don't know why. There's a great quote he had about how good George is and how much he, he likes George's <laughs> program and stuff. That's that's tough. Right. Uh, that's his true choices. But I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah, mean, I just, you know, obviously his dad his, his, his dad played here and his uncle's a coach here. Yeah. So certainly there's a possibility. Yeah. We, we've seen some good quarterback play um, happen under Matt Rule. Matt Rule's only had – he's had two college jobs. Yep. He's had two starters. Mm-hmm. For the three years he was at Temple, the four years he was at Temple, and the three years he was at Baylor, same starter. So yep. he'll commit to you and he'll play you. For sure. So if you want to come play and get committed sure. to, you got that. And for the guys that want to go pro, he actually can get you there. Yeah. Tell me this, um, because as a former player, Xavier Betts has got to re-win over the locker room in a way because he kind of quit, sure. quit on the team. No, in the big major way. And then on the other side, Isaiah uh, Garcia Castaneda, same thing. Yeah. Quit, left the team, yeah. and now he's got to come back. How, how do they win him over? Well, how do you get back in? It's kind of a tough dynamic, man, if you think about it, just for the fact that – and, you know, I'm not out personally attacking anybody. But no, when, that's fine. But when, when, when your head coach is not even all in the program I at know. the time, I know. it's kind of like you don't give the kids any excuse. The accountability is there, but I think the way that they win, they, they win the locker room over is buying in. You simply have to buy into everything. Even if it's things that you don't like, yeah. you have to earn your stripes by showing the coaches that you can be trustworthy. 
And that's what it comes down to. And that's why I mentioned about the, the, the resources with the, when it comes to mental health and the mentorships and the, uh, the, you know, the tutors and all that, the yeah. resources that Nebraska has. Um, Trev Albers, you know, is a really great guy. And um, I'm confident in him being an AD uh, with leadership at the top. But the, the guys... If they don't buy in, yeah, it'll never work. You you know Xavier's background, his family background. Yep. And again, you don't want to call anybody out, but Scott Frost had to be both a mentor, a father figure, a lot of things to a lot of guys. To a lot and of guys. Xavier really was one that needed that. He, he was. And it wasn't happening. His closest people were back here in Omaha. He wanted to be back in Omaha around the people he was closest to. Yep. And that makes it tough on everybody. It really does. And Matt Rule seems like, again, we don't, we'll see what happens. Right. Can't make any predictions because I've been wrong before. But it seems like he is a player's coach. Yeah, it does. And that he'll be there for whatever you need. Yeah, it you does. Know, you, need a, you need a hard-ass coach that's going to be yelling at you and, and <laughs> sit up, sit down, whatever. He seems like that guy. If you need somebody to put an arm around you, yeah. he seems like that guy too. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of uh, – we're, we're honestly all in the player's coach's era. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are a, a lot of uh, – like, Coach Altman is one who's, um, like, he's definitely set in his old in his old school mentality ways. Sure. But he's adjusted to his players a lot. You have to now. Like, nowadays you have to adjust to – Especially with the portal. You know? You know, I mean, it's a different era. Like, yeah. I, I'm not one of those guys who – and I, I have an old school mentality, but, like, I don't believe in just being stuck in the old school ways yeah. Yeah. and saying that's the only way that it works. Yeah. Matt Rule, I think, has an opportunity to change the program around for the simple fact that I think exactly what you said. He's going to adjust to his players, yeah. and he's going to have – his offense and defense that he's going to bring in, and he's going to tweak it according to the talent that he has. Yeah, Xavier still got some work in the classroom to get done. For sure, that needs to happen as well. We mentioned winning the teammates back over again. Yeah, we got to get him on here. You got, we'll do that. We need to do that. Um, yeah, because because you know what, he's a bright kid. Yeah, I, I've I've listened to him. I've talked to him. I know he's a bright kid. Yeah, it's not about being smart when going to school. Right. You know, it's about going to class. Yep. It's about going to your tutors. Yep. It's about being there when you have to take a test. It's about just doing the right thing every day. And you'll be fine in college, especially if you have a support system like Nebraska does for athletics, for academic support. Yeah. It's not, not, it's not that he's not smart. Yeah. He just got to go. He's got to be and there. Now I think be with, present. Yeah, with Coach Rule, I just think he has a foundational help and backing that he needs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we'll see, man. So you got Marcus Washington. Yep. Had the 31 catches last year. 15.2 yards a catch. You know he can make big plays. We know what he can do. Alante Brown, 16, 191. A guy that in practice, coaches always talk about the plays he made. Yeah. Never really got it going, but at least we saw some towards the end. Yeah. Then that's where I think you throw in maybe a Xavier Betts or Isaiah uh, Garcia Castaneda. You throw them in there. Yep. And then the Billy Kemp is the one that's really interesting to me because yeah. the first thing I do when I look at stat pages, I go all the way over yeah. to average per catch. Yep. That's the guy I want to know about. And Billy Kemp's an under 10 yards a catch guy. Yeah. He's a guy that throughout his career is going to get you between eight and nine and a half yards a catch. Now, that moves the chains. It does. It does. It but does. he's not a big play guy. No. So maybe he gets you 45, 50 catches for about 400 yards. Right. That's fine. Right. But you also got to have guys who are going to go out and go down the field no, and make the 15-yard catches yeah, as I well. Yeah, I agree. And when you, when, you, when you list and say things like that, yeah. it kind of gives you, like, PTSD of what the culture has been in the past, yeah. you know, and where the culture was trying to go mm-hmm. and now wondering the direction we're going in now today. I think it's a great pickup yeah. knowing that we didn't have a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes me wonder – what type of uh, pass type offense are we going to have? Kemp is uh, 
9.2 yards for his career, uh, playing a solid four years at, at Virginia, one of the leading receivers. Yeah. Josh Fleek is the other guy I didn't mention, was at Baylor, lots of injuries. Last full year where he was healthy, he had 21 catches for 181 yards and a touchdown. Um, but he's been banged up. Um, but he also is a guy that's built a little bit like a running back. Yeah. So you give him the ball out of the backfield, do some other things as well. So he's the other guy. That's six guys I mentioned. Right. That's not quite enough. Yeah. But you also have some young guys as well that are actually high school guys that are on the roster. So maybe one of them can step up. I feel like with that being said, as long as our offensive line improves, yeah. our defense steps up, yep. I think we're in good shape. I think so, too. I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, the biggest issue is obviously the offensive line. Yeah. We talked a lot about it, what you're doing on the offensive line. they got to get that straightened out. Maybe it was a f- play-calling philosophy. Yeah. That's what Matt Rule said. He said it was more about not necessarily the players or even the scheme. It was about what was being called. Right. They weren't teaching to what they were running. Right. I, maybe that's the case. We'll see. Yeah. But they went out and they got MJ Sherman, who came in, who's another edge guy, another yep. guy who was a top 100 recruit. Yep. I mentioned Eric Gilbert, who's a top 100 recruit. So they have got some guys. Some guys. Corey Collier, another guy who was considered a pretty good player as well. Um, it's going to come down to everybody getting together in the locker room, getting on the same page as you mentioned, yeah. and playing together. The, yeah. ske- the, the schedule sets up going to give you two road games to start off. Yeah. Right? Not, never easy to start off on two road games. Right. That second game at Colorado. That's healthy, though. You, you go there and yeah. you win that game. And it's a whole different season. 100%, especially with the momentum they have with Coach you Prime. You cannot start in. 0-2. Yeah, you can't cannot. Mich- um, Minnesota and then go to Colorado and lose that game. But if you can start off somehow in 2-0, right. eh, it's a possibility. It's right. certainly a possibility. Uh, last thing I want to get to before we, uh, we get out of here is yep. NFL playoffs and what's going on with the divisional round. Um, this is my favorite round of the playoffs. Yeah, I know, man. You don't have as many games, but these games – these games get you to a spot yeah. where you're playing to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, at, at this point in the time last year, yep. wasn't this the electrifying point when there was, like, close, close games? Yeah, it was, well, the, the Cincinnati yeah. was a game that a lot of people didn't give them a lot of respect coming into the playoffs. Right. And this is the week where they had their big win. They knocked Kansas City off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it, there's, a, there's a lot of up in the air in terms of the number and ATS and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You mentioned before we got started a couple games you thought might be upsets. Yeah. In this round, usually it's been the underdog. Oh man. That the last few years that have played better. And I don't know if it's because the teams that have the bye are rusty yeah. or what, but yeah. they haven't played as well. Yeah. So you have Philadelphia coming off the bye playing a Giants team that they've already played twice this year. Yeah. And then you have Kansas City coming off the bye playing a Jacksonville team that had the greatest comeback. Come in playoff history. Come on, man. Talk about it's it. It's crazy. And to be honest with you, it's supposed to be Chiefs and Chargers, right? Yes. But because of that yeah. comeback. Well, yeah. it would have no, been, been actually Chiefs and Bengals, I believe, and the Chargers would have played would have played um, Buffalo. I think that's the way it would have been okay, if it, if okay. it happened. Because, okay. of the, because of the ranking of it, Kansas City is going to get the lowest yeah. seeded oh, okay, team. Okay, yeah. Thank you for the fact so they get So yeah, they, get the, sure. they get the four. But yeah, right. that's, that's your opening game right. um, on Saturday. Uh Kansas City's favored by nine. I, I'm with you. I think the Jags can stay close. I think the Jags I like the close. under in the game. It's 52. Yeah. I know people are looking at last week. You only had one game go under all last week. Everything else was over. I think it's the opposite this week. Yeah. I think you have a bunch of unders this week. Um, and Andy Reid also has the thing where he'll get out to a lead and let teams stay in it, yeah. win the game, but not cover. So I think yeah. that, that's a possibility Yeah, as well. I mean, it's one of those things, as long as the Jags can have a special second half of football, <laughs> the first yeah. half. Yeah. 
you know, you playing against the MVP. Yeah. And yeah. what's crazy about it is Patrick Mahomes actually is playing better without Cheetah than he was when he was with Cheetah. Yeah, they both had – I mean, Cheetah had his best season. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes is having a great season. Yeah. So – and so two good players going in the right places. Yeah, it worked you know, out. So I'm excited. Kansas to City see won it. that trade though. Yeah, I they mean did. because if you can still be good without him exactly. and get the stuff you got, that's what I'm trying you win to say. It. The other Saturday game, I yep. mentioned this: Giants and Eagles. Yep. Again, third matchup. You're talking about an Eagles team was playing great. Yeah. Jalen Hurts gets injured. Yeah. Gardner Minshew plays one good game and then has a struggle in his second game. But if you get a healthy Jalen Hurts against a team in the Giants that, yes, they played really well last week. I like the way they played. I thought they had a chance to win. But Philadelphia is just a better team. Yeah. This line is seven and a half. Yeah. Seems like a lot. Yeah. But sometimes a line is big for a reason. Yeah. And when you think about things like uh, the Eagles' rush defense, mm-hmm. and then you got Daniel Jones been taking off on people. Yeah. That he's, he's been running, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, his, his, you look at the guys, <laughs> the guys at the top who have a, it's called EPA. It's, yeah. it's, it's the idea behind what you should get in terms of per point based on what you do. Yep. The top seven guys are all running quarterbacks. I'm trying to tell you. And he is in that top seven right. guys because he can go out and get you 65 yards rushing. In a perfect world, man, yeah. wouldn't it be cool if Hurts get the MVP, Hurts win a Super Bowl, Hurts yeah. get a 30 for 30? But I don't think Hurts is – Hurts is not – since he missed those last three games, man, I don't think he gets the MVP. He, but he playing like an MVP, He was man. playing like an MVP, but when yeah. he missed three games – Yeah, you're right about I, that. I think it's yeah, Mahomes right. now, and the number yeah. shows that. So yeah. then you know, on the other side – uh, for the AFC on Sunday, you get the Bengals and, and the Bills, yep. a rematch of the game that got canceled on Monday night, of course, because of what happened on the yeah, field. Yep. Um, it's it, the game. It's that I game again. Yeah. And it's funny. You look at that game, yeah. and Buffalo was favored by two and a half or three yep. at Cincinnati. Now they're at home. It says four on here. I saw five this morning, four mm-hmm. and a half, five. Um, it looked like early Cincinnati was the team that was kind of in charge of that game early yeah. on. Buffalo <laughs> couldn't stop them. I, I kind of feel with all the offensive line injuries that Cincinnati has, yeah. that Buffalo's going to – I think Buffalo might roll them. Yeah. And they haven't been playing yeah. like that. They've been turning the ball over in the red zone. Yeah. Josh Allen's making mistakes. But I really have a feeling yeah. that, that this could be a 14-point game. Yeah, I, I feel like that, that biggest play in history with the – you know, that was made in the, in the game that yeah. the, the Bengals had, like, was that play. But I think it ends. Yeah, I think it ends. There I too. think it ends. You can't be you yeah. without three fifths of your offensive line, and yeah, you already I offensive line ends. was struggling. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase could have a huge game. I don't believe Mixon is going to run the ball that great on the Bills. It's going to come down to Josh Allen not throwing interceptions. Yeah, which he's been doing in the red zone. And then the final game is this is what I grew up with. Dallas and San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, this was every a, year. It felt like I, <laughs> when I was growing yeah, up. I feel like uh, just seeing those two names reminds me of yeah. when I was growing up. I had a pullover. A pullover coat, yeah, and I had a, a puffer coat. One was the Dallas Cowboys, and my brother had the 49ers. Oh, really? Yeah, man. I'm glad you didn't have both. No, because that would have made me sad. No, I just had to pull over. <laughs> I had to pull. I had to pull over. <laughs> you have you have the Cowboys, yeah. who played the best game they played in weeks. Yep. Took care of business. A lot of people thought Tampa was gonna yeah. maybe even be in the game on yeah. Monday, maybe even win it. They were not. They got yeah. destroyed. And then you got San Francisco, who. You they've won like too the many best, games in a row. Would you say they like the best team in football, right? Well, they've won 11 in a row. Yeah, I mean. Uh, six in a row with a backup quarterback who was yeah. the last pick in the draft. Oh, you got to be the best team um, in football, for sure. The problem with that is is that it's not healthy to go into playoffs and win that many games yeah. in a row. It's just not. If you, I, I believe, if I have this number right, I believe 0-6, oh 
the last six teams in the playoffs that came in that had won 10 or more games in a row. And that makes me feel better about my point because I honestly think that the Cowboys are not getting the respect that they deserve for yeah. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's because all of those failures in the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, and to Yo, me, yeah, sure. Dak Prescott last game showed why he was one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Played really well. Played 100%. really well. Yep. I think I, that's one where I lean Dallas plus yep. the four and a half. Um, wouldn't be surprised. That's a lower scoring game to the totals, 45 yep. and a half. I think that's going to be a grinded out game. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Purdy against the pressure that Dallas can bring struggles a little bit more, yep. kind of how he did in the first half last week. Um, but in the end, I think we're going to have Kansas City and Buffalo playing each other in the AFC Championship, and I think we're going to have Philadelphia and San Francisco. I mean, Philadelphia and Dallas playing in the uh, in the NFC Championship. That's what I think the championship games are. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So that would be. Uh, I'm with you on that. That would be very good ratings. I'm for those two games. I am with you on very that good, one. Very good ratings. As always, want to thank the folks here at Hale yep. Varsity Club. Had some very good wings. They were delicious. Uh, I asked for the hot. It was hot. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that hot. It was hot. It wasn't hot. Pat Stafford, of course, producing it. Chris Gorman as well. Uh, Al Lopez not hanging out with us today, but yeah. normally, man, makes it happen. Yeah. Phil McClain, of course, for booking. Ryan Kaufbrenner, we appreciate him as well. Always Omaha Steaks. Never a bad time to give Omaha Steaks as a gift. I tell you, man. I tell people all the time. Uh, we're back next Let It Fly show, the 26th of January. That is the pink out game. It's going to be fun. We're going to have Teresa McDermott on. Oh, yeah. Of course, breast cancer survivor, big supporter of Susan G. Komen. We'll have her on to talk more about that as well. We'll talk about the Let It Fly pink beer as well. Yeah. Uh, the pink can beer, all of that as well. That's coming up on January 26th. Josh, take us away. For my man, Michael Severe. I'm Josh Jones. You know how we do it. It's the Let It Fly show. <laughs>